0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to episode 25 of the Groovy podcast. Today is the 17th of March, and I'm Peter Lepro podcasting from London, England.
1: And I'm Ken Cousin, podcasting from Marlborough, Connecticut. And we are missing Baruch
0: this time around, so uh, he's apparently in meetings. Uh, I think he'd probably rather be here. What do you think?
1: I think he'll probably find a way to get out of those meetings and join us. But at the moment, uh, nothing. By the way, uh, happy St. Patrick's Day. Oh,
0: happy St. Patrick's Day. I've seen the, the, the green top hats out in the streets already.
1: Yeah, they're say- running thick, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I normally associate those with pubs, so I'm just wondering if these people have just gone drinking early, which on St. Patrick's Day is not beyond the realms of possibility.
1: Is that a big day in the london area i mean i would think it's huge in ireland i just don't know how it goes over in the rest of the uk
0: uh yeah pretty much anywhere uh, there are a lot of i mean partly because there are a lot of irish um, around uh, the uk uh, working and living but also because guinness have done such a great job at uh, effectively promoting it and encouraging people to drink guinness and yes and who needs an excuse to drink uh well in london we don't really need one so if we're given one all the better
1: in the u.s we call those marketing driven holidays hallmark holidays you know like valentine's day is a hallmark holiday because if it wasn't for the green card companies there may never have been the holiday you know
0: oh okay cool because yeah i was thinking this is the only it's the only um uh, saint's day that i know of that actually encourages drinking but i think blame blame guinness for that or somebody um anyway okay let's yes. get back on topic sure so we have uh several news items this week one start with a few small ones from the grails world so apparently 3.1.4 was released uh, this week or last week There was also an issue that bothered me uh, because I'm still kind of signed up to the uh, Grails core GitHub repository, Hmm. and there was a ton of spam. Somebody was automatically adding comments to, like, almost every single issue in the GitHub repository issues. And I got a notification for every single one, but fortunately that was resolved quickly. But
1: I hope this doesn't become a thing. I wouldn't be at all surprised. I mean, we're probably lucky it it took this long for that to happen. But that's really annoying, yes. How did they fix it? I have no idea.
0: Yes, I don't know. Um, I I didn't ask anyone, so I don't know whether it happened at the GitHub level Mm. or my email account level was like, okay, you've got all of that (laughs) spam coming in. I'm going to block it. Uh, I don't think it was that. Possibly GitHub did it automatically, noticed this sort of... um, Hopefully they check for these kinds of things because I can't imagine Grails is the only project with that problem.
1: No. Now, as I recall, the uh, the 3.1.4 release was really just largely a bug fix release. I don't remember there being any new features or anything. Is that right? Uh, well, I, I hope not.
0: It is a patch release after all. Um, right. Although 3.1.3 introduced something, didn't it? Uh, so yeah, I think it's just bug fixes. Speaking of the GitHub issues, uh, Jira is going down uh, or has gone down already, I think in like the next week. So you, you won't have access to that at all. Um, hopefully that will mean that if any results come up in Google, they will gradually disappear.
1: Well, what's the what's the new system?
0: GitHub issues.
1: Oh, I see. So the old Jira, the one that had all the old issues and it's all migrating over. Okay, I get it so
0: the migration was down but the jira jira.grails.org was kept up and now that's going
1: wow that's uh did i tell you by the way i have the least significant commit to the grails code base i think you did yeah I probably did. right it was jeff brown giving me a tutorial on how to contribute and we deleted a comment on a tag So we never actually touched any real code. It was just deleting a a comment that was out of date. So I don't generally check out the JIRA or any of the issues over there. Uh, I know I feel a little guilty because I know I should raise issues when I find problems there. I know I definitely should do that with with Grails. Uh, I've been rather poor about that. I'm going to try to do more of that in the future, especially because it's so easy to do on GitHub, right?
0: Yeah, it's really nice, now. you've got the integration with the the commits themselves as well. It automatically makes all the links. So uh, that integration is really nice.
1: I sometimes... Sorry. Was the the JIRA going down, was that related to anything? Was that a a technology decision? They uh, possibly, they knew they wouldn't be
0: able to keep it running. So Mm -hmm. they, they did that big migration to GitHub issues a while
1: back. So it had nothing to do with uh the companies or anything like that it was just hey we decided we're already on great on git we might as well use it on github rather uh,
0: i suspect so i don't know for sure so i'd have to ask uh graham or one of the other t- the rest of the team um jeff should know as well mm. um that's uh, not too big a deal so actually there's one item missing from this the jeff speaking of jeff he was looking on twitter for somebody to uh, look at the Grails documentation engine. So uh, in case you're not familiar with this, the GDoc stuff is based on a wiki engine in Java called Radiox, mm. which uh, which stopped being maintained, I think, a long time ago. And uh, I actually had to make some changes to Radiox. So GDoc engine is effectively a custom version of the Radiox engine. So. What they're hoping to do is migrate everything over to ASCII Doctor, mm-hmm. and their current proposal, their current thought process is to add a a radiox uh, generator. So rather than generating HTML, you generate ASCII Doctor or ASCII Doctor. So yeah, they're looking for somebody who has good ideas for how to do that, or is willing to do that. So if that sounds like a challenge, you're willing and happy to accept, that, then go for it. Just contact Jeff on Twitter, probably, or on GitHub.
1: That would be a big contribution.
0: It would be a very big contribution. Yeah. I'm kind really of wondering. Um, it might just be easier, since GDoc is already a wiki syntax, and Ascii Doctor is kind of a wiki syntax as well. Just have a, some ugly, groovy script that uh, translates between them. That might be easier in the end, uh, we shall see. Anyway, moving swiftly on, Gradle 2.12 was released. So this had uh, a few changes, not, not some significant ones, but not many of them. Uh, the one significant one for Java and Groovy developers was of course the introduction of the compile-only dependency scope. Mm. So this is something akin to Maven's provided scope and much much anticipated and moaned about and waited for it is finally there one thing i've noticed is a few complaints on twitter that they changed the name it's like oh why did you change it from provided to compile only i'm kind of of the opinion of well compile only is a lot more descriptive it actually fits what it does provided just feels like a little bit of a, a hack it's like People use provided, even for situations where it's not about the dependency being available at runtime via a container or something like that. That was just one use case. So compile only is just, is there as a more general mechanism um, and trying to move away from some of the ugliness of Maven where, you know, provided and optional are actually both compile only type of dependency scopes, Ah. because optional is, well, we need it to compile. You may want, you can use it at runtime as well, but you don't have to. Um, So you you don't want to make it an exported dependency. So, you know, you already have two different types of compile-only scope in Maven. And then there are others, and I think Gradle wants to have a richer model for describing it and to get away from the, the, the Maven terminology because it's, it is confusing. It's been abused, basically, um, because, hey, we needed to do this. This is the only feature that allows us to do it. We're going to use it. Um, so I, I kind of favor moving away from that.
1: So they, will the old syntax be maintained for a while? Uh, I presume it will be backward compatible for a little while.
0: What do you mean by the old
1: oh, syntax? Just the provided syntax. I mean uh, that's still going to work. They're not going to disable that, right? Oh, right. Well, I think that will stay with the War plugin. I've exist. only seen that. Yeah, I've only seen it in a couple of places some open source projects. It was uh, something Spock related. I don't think it was the Spock code base, but it might have been the um, maybe Spock example where they listed a, a dependency as a compiled dependency and then it just as comma provided. You know, I, I've seen that in a couple spots. Yeah,
0: so I believe provided will stay in the war plugin, hmm. but the um, the core Gradle doesn't actually have support provided.
1: Now, it's compile only, three only presumably compile only still includes the test depend test uh, uh, dependency as well, right? Or configuration, I guess I should say. Uh,
0: that is a good question and. Uh, it was brought up when they asked for feedback on the compile-only stuff. Uh, it won't, I don't think it does include the
1: test. That would be the, the part that would be misleading, just because compile generally in, includes tests so that you can run your tests and everything compiles.
0: Yeah, so it's it's very interesting. They um, The Gradle guys want to be very, um, I don't know, how to explain it, but they, they won't be very precise over yes. terminology and, and how things are, are structured. Mm-hmm. And they see tests as um, effectively a, having runtime concerns. You're testing your code base as if it were a, a runtime dependency.
1: The problem is there's already test runtime, and uh, I mean, there's already a runtime dependent uh, configuration associated with test. Yes, exactly. So the stuff that's required at runtime
0: is added to your test stuff, but stuff that's only at compile is compile only. You're saying
1: it's not there at runtime. Understood. So it should be a, part
0: of tests.
1: So will there it, be a compile test only as well, or not?
0: Uh, possibly.
1: Okay.
0: As I say, they, they were looking at other options. Um, uh, I just Shalk via the QA as just mentioned. I was gonna mention this as well. Uh, they provided an optional, also provided by Nexus plugins and the uh, Spring one of the Spring de- uh, this, the dependencies plugin. I can't remember the name of that. They have provided. They provide provided an optional as well. So, yeah, those are only available through plugins. So,
1: oh, okay, I I did not realize that. Also, by the way, as long as you're mentioning Gradle, there was a comment on Twitter. I'm trying to remember who it was. Uh, Anyway, somebody mentioned that they were a little disappointed that more people were not aware of the Gradle W capability. Uh, you could call Gradlew if you want, right? Um, that. Uh, That since that's there, they're surprised more people don't take advantage of it, but rather go to the trouble to install Gradle. Now, of course, installing Gradle takes, you know, two seconds. It's just a zip file and you set an environment variable and you go. But the advantage of using the Gradle W script, of course, the wrapper, is that the developer who made the project can therefore specify which version of Gradle that they have tested this project under and that they prefer to use it under.
0: Yeah, it's essential to the reproducible builds. The thing that's what Gradle team are aiming for. So they highly recommend using the Gradle wrapper. So um, hopefully, you know, more people get used to the wrapper because Maven has introduced a wrapper, I believe. Uh, You know, Grails has its wrapper. Wrappers are becoming more widespread. So, but yeah, if you're not using the wrapper and you are using Gradle, use the wrapper and you're listening. (laughs)
1: Work. And, of course, we can generate it now with Gradle 2.12, so it'll have the compile-only configuration in it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then, actually, the nice thing is you only need one Gradle version installed because you can generate the wrapper for any version of Gradle. Um, I think, actually, up to a point, I don't think it's that's entirely true generally. But anyway, let's move on from okay. that. Um, The 2.12 release also introduces quite a few changes to the software model, the new configuration model. So this won't affect many people because they won't be using it yet. Um, I've been playing with uh, the ASCII Doctor plugin and trying to move it to the new software model. Uh, So if you've been doing any of that, uh, there are some changes to annotations, some new features, so check that out. Mm. Still on releases, Griffin 2.6.0 has been released. Congratulations to the team. Uh, I had a look at the release notes. Unfortunately, most of it was uh, gobbledygook to me. I did not understand what any of it means. <laughs> I don't use Griffin. I apologize for that. Uh, but yeah, congratulations for the that, uh, another major release there. Following up on that, I just got a notification in my email inbox this morning. IntelliJ 2016.1 is
1: available. So right. it sounds like they're changing their numbering. Right yes i I did that my uh myself as well i I went and um i I foolishly try to update these things usually I try to do it like ten minutes before I'm about to do a presentation uh, that's a little harsh but the uh the no fluff just stuff season began last week or for me it began last week for everybody else it was two weeks ago, but I had a conflict but I did the night before decide to update my IntelliJ version and they are now going to uh a versioning scheme that is the year and then a dot and then a particular major number during the year and they may throw in minor numbers as well the goal being to get away from a single annual release and instead get new features out quickly and be able to have multiple releases during a single year in some sort of semantic versioning scheme
0: okay i mean it sounds quite cool i can can understand the reasoning behind that uh, but I, I, I expect they'll probably change it again at some point in the future. So.
1: <laughs> Regarding um, the groovy stuff, by the way, uh, in the latest one, in the t- 2016.1 release, uh, now you can do uh, groovy in your watch expressions using the debugger, which I don't normally use, uh, but it, it's nice to know that that syntax is available. Also, um, there's this annotation support now. I think Mr. Hockey, the the inestimable Mr. Hockey, uh, wrote yet another post about how to turn on the annotation support within IntelliJ, uh, which I assume will be worthwhile in the Groovy stuff as well as elsewhere. Yeah, yes, I I
0: saw that, he he tweeted that. Um, I actually had no idea what the the annotation processing stuff was for, like the enabling it on Java compilation until I used Dagger. So I, I've started to use Dagger for LazyBones now. Um, and it's a really nice small dependency injection, but because it's annotation-based, you need to enable annotation processing. Um, and apparently uh, it, it does kind of work with Gradle and Groovy um, now,
1: uh, I I've had a minor issue which I should bring up on the mailing list or something but I go to all this trouble to tell Java developers about pogos and how cool they are and sometimes I use like the add immutable AST transform on a pogo and unfortunately when I try to use that pogo inside of Java sometimes the IDE especially doesn't realize that this is that has a tuple constructor you know it's not doing the anticipation of the additional functionality in the IDE when it's looking at java it's just a it's a minor nuisance but when you go to all the trouble to show people how cool this is i, I hate for the ides to then go well we got you got to tweak it yeah that <laughs> is a shame
0: yeah uh, but hey id id developers have a tough job so uh, <laughs> i think the intellij guys have done uh, really well with this and one the, the feature i'm really interested in actually is the the multiple source set Support. So if you have non conventional source sets in your build, uh, Mm. for example, I I often have an integration test source set. Mm. That, I believe, will now become a separate module.
1: Oh, I I knew it was going to be supported. I didn't know how. Um, Yeah.
0: So, I mean, that's to me, that's fantastic because it means Uh. I don't have to mess around with sorting out the the, the project setup. Um, having having that rich model available in the IDE should make life a lot easier for people. So that's the one I'm really excited about.
1: Mm.
0: So I think on the, the last of the releases, I just bring this up uh, Betamax testing library. It basically uh, recalls HTTP respo- uh, requests and responses and then replays them back for later test during later test result runs. Uh, it means that you don't have to manually mock. HTTP responses yourself and you can run the tests later offline Uh, so it's two zero beta one has been released and is available so um, it should be a drop-in replacement um, but uh, I've been having a few problems with the HTTPS support so uh, fingers crossed that will be sorted out
1: okay and then Oh, one, one more thing about Betamax, by the way. First of all, by the way, I guess that ACGPS supports a hard problem, so I'm I'm not surprised. Yeah, but by the way, uh, somebody was looking for the Betamax distribution. I mean, I know it's a GitHub. That's what we have linked to, but the homepage for Betamax has become one of those newer URL types that Betamax.software is the URL now, and I just checked that that does direct to the proper location. I mean my browser says Betamax dot software, which looks really weird in my browser.
0: I know, it's confusing. And then the of course the package naming convention is now software.betamax. Uh, and because of that, I I put in the URL, software.betamax, and of course that doesn't resolve.
1: Mm. Um,
0: so it, uh, for
1: me, I, I clicked on that and it, it went right oh no I'm sorry. I went on the uh, the GitHub link and then went from there.
0: Right. Okay, anyway, uh, I, I actually do really like that library. Um, it's, it, it, there are others, there's like wiremock as well and Mock Server, I believe are both ones in the Java space. But uh, nothing quite as straightforward as automatically recording and replaying requests and responses. Okay, so another release unrelated to software is a book, Learning Groovy book, published through LeanPub is now available. It was completed uh, a couple of weeks ago, I believe. So if you're looking for a introduction to a Groovy language, they, I think it assumes some knowledge of Java. Um, but uh, basically, it gives you a grounding in Groovy syntax and, and uh, Groovy features.
1: OK. Can I, can I mention one other book release, as long as you're mentioning yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Constantinos Kapilonis' book, The Java Testing with Spock from Manning, uh, has been out for a little while, but it, the uh, schedule now says that the EPUB and Kindle versions will be available on the 22nd, so next week uh, those those ones will be available. That book um, is out now and it seems to be doing well. Uh, it's got a forward by Luke Daly and everything. So. Uh, so that's a, an interesting book, and it's another one that will be a good inroad into the Java community to let them know about Groovy and, and other capabilities.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a really important book, I think, especially for Java developers. Okay, I'm just having a uh, equipment malfunction right now. Okay, so
1: <laughs> um, yeah, Is I don't know what they where they call mentioned? it. No, no, I'm not going to go there. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> any anyway, rate, so I did want to mention that book, and I, I still yeah, have we to... mention it last episode. I can't remember. I don't know if we mentioned it, but the fact that there's going to be the, the electronic versions available too, I figured it was worth a mention again. Also, it's always nice to bring that one up. It's it's one that doesn't normally get mentioned in the list of groovy-related books, so I don't want it to be overlooked. That's all. Oh,
0: absolutely. I, I just wasn't sure whether we'd done it um, last time, because I, I had it in the... these notes beforehand. I was like, is that a, I need to bring it up for this episode or is that a leftover from the last episode? Anyway.
1: I I probably
0: should have looked and I forgot. I I confused myself. Um, But yeah, no, I I kind of find it a little bit surprising that the EPUB comes after the, 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 the
1: paper version.
0: I always expect the electronic versions to be ready straight away.
1: And Um, if you knew the IT systems at Manning, maybe that wouldn't be such a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll see what happens with uh, Learning Rat Pack. Right. When that comes out. (laughs) Just supposedly. Dan, I cannot believe he he keeps making all of his uh, progress public. You know, he keeps telling people when these things are happening and, oh, we're updating the, the, the software now. And it's like, dude, you only open yourself up to criticism with well all right maybe i'm wrong maybe it's going to be this huge seller because he's doing all this marketing ahead of time i don't
0: know uh you could also look at it as a motivation you know uh, adding pressure to ensure that the stuff gets done but um anyway you know keep up the good work dan looking forward <laughs> to when that book is available so there uh, there's just a, a few other items this are kind of miscellaneous stuff that i, I found mm-hmm. of interest on the Groovy developer mailing list at the moment, there's a discussion. Uh, somebody is working on the Antler 4 grammar, finally. I mean, this has been on the to-do list for quite a long time now, I think. So somebody's working on that, um, and that that could end up being a big boon for Groovy. For the moment, what's there's a current discussion on optional parentheses. So, uh, If you're not familiar with Groovy, you'll know probably that you with method calls, you don't have to put parentheses in, but there are some situations where they're required. It's not always obvious what the rules are for it. It's one of the things I actually dislike is uh, everybody has to learn those rules. So in this discussion, it's like, okay, well, we could introduce other scenarios where it's optional, for example, in conditions. So you could have if, and then inside your if statement, you would have a method call, but without parentheses. So that's not supported at the moment, but could be supported. So if you have any strong opinions on that, I would definitely get onto the developer mailing list and get involved with that discussion. It's the kind of thing that I feel needs uh, as much exposure and feedback as possible, because it has quite a big impact. Definitely on us people, anyone that trains people to use Groovy. Um, so, yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Uh, I mean, maybe if you if, if uh, parentheses could always be optional, I'd probably be happier with it. But, uh.
1: I always tell people when I'm teaching them that this is going to sound silly, but this is how I think about it. The parentheses are optional until they're not. Uh, meaning that if the compiler guesses right, if it knows where you meant the parentheses to go, you can often leave them out, but every once in a while it's going to guess wrong or you're gonna run into an edge case or something, and therefore you just put them back in. Uh, it's, it's more that Groovy is not trying to be the shortest language possible. You know, that's Perl, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, write only code, as they say. It's it's more a question of being writing the simplest code possible that's still readable. So I know there are rules, and I have some little tiny examples that show when the, when the compiler guesses wrong and things like that. But I normally say if I only have a single argument to a method, I leave them out. If I have two, then I, I could go either way. If I have more than two or the arguments become complicated or whatever, I usually put them in, and I don't generally dig into it more deeply than that. Now, of course, the people working on the actual grammar need the rigorous rules for that, and I'm, I've never actually dug into that in any detail. Uh, again, that falls into the category for me of a hard problem. I'll let them work that out, and then I'll just do what they tell me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't
0: want to deal with the technical aspects of it, uh, but I'm, it, it's,
1: sure. I'm sorry, I'm not sure what you mean by being able to use them inside an if statement, though. I, that, does that mean in an if block itself you have to have the parentheses, or are you talking about something different?
0: So uh, at the moment, you, you do. So if you have if, and then you have your parentheses for the if condition, right. uh, and then you have oh some object dot uh, read, you know stream dot read for example, uh-huh. uh, if it has an argument to the read.
1: Oh, okay. Then
0: the parentheses are required. Well, the parentheses are required regardless, apparently. But it could be that you could have um, you wouldn't need them. You'd you'd have full command expression support within that that if condition. Interesting. Uh, so that, that's the kind of thing being discussed. So interesting stuff. So, moving quickly on some other miscellaneous items. Uh, unfortunately, Brooke is not with us because I wanted to, um, I guess, uh, uh, take the mickey out of him. Uh, but anyway, he's had an interview with Stephen Chin on, you can find it on the Oracle website, uh, entitled Software Module Help. And this was from DevNexus, ah. the conference from a little time back. And he, he, he gives his thoughts on uh, dependency management across, it's not just Java dependency management, talks about uh, Debian and uh, RPMs as well, the Red Hat Package Manager, and discusses some of the why it's a hard problem. Uh, the reason I was hoping you would be here was because I wanted to ask, uh, Stephen basically said, well, obviously you guys have all this expertise, so when are you going to be in, uh, releasing the JFrog Package Manager?
1: <laughs>
0: uh, to which he said, "Well, we probably, yeah, maybe we should do, but it's it's hard." <laughs> so I want to, know, I want, I want him to commit JFrog to developing their own package management.
1: Oh boy, I want to watch. I want to just watch that discussion. I don't want to be in. It. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh, and then we just
0: uh, finish off with. An item from you, Ken. You defended the honor of the Gradle Shadow plugin. You mentioned in that blog post that uh, some people said it didn't work with the, the newer versions of Gradle. Yeah,
1: but I had a, all, all that happened, the way that came out is, uh, I was on the on Twitter. Of course, I spend way too much time on Twitter. And by the way, is there a more hollow feeling of accomplishment than finally catching up on your Twitter feed? It's like, oh boy, oh well, you know. Uh, at any rate, I had a friend. Uh, I had retweeted about the Gradle 2.12 release. And that's when somebody stepped in and said, oh, they broke the Shadow plugin with Gradle 2.12. It also isn't working under 2.11. And I went, really? I didn't know that. At which point, a couple people stepped in and said, wait a minute, the latest version of the Shadow plugin does work. The 1.12. 2.3 2.3 maybe or 3.2 whatever the current version of the shadow plugin is they said work just fine and that's when I felt like, "Oops, I may have misled people into thinking that Shadow didn't work." And John Engelman's done a wonderful job of that. For those people who are not aware of what the Shadow plugin is, it's simply a way to make a so-called fat jar. It's a jar that includes all the dependencies inside, so that you don't uh, you could deliver a single jar to your client, and it will include everything inside it. It doesn't have to go download things in order to uh, build itself. So any rate, I built a trivial little project. Uh, I wrote a blog post about this and added the Shadow plugin and of course everything worked both with uh, Gradle 2.11 and 12 and the the latest version of the Shadow plugin and you know John's always got that nice little Easter egg where if you run the the nose K-N-O-W-S task under Gradle then you get the shadow nose and you get the beautiful little picture and everything so at any rate, it was fun. It was just again, I, I felt like I had introduced a problem or, or implied that there was a problem because someone said there was and i hadn't checked it out so i i felt obligated to get in there and make sure people knew. no no no, it runs just fine and, and it's it's great and go ahead and use it i know the rat pack people use it a lot right i think it's a built-in plugin for rat pack
0: um yeah it might be uh, yeah it is because they, they originally had something built in uh and then uh, I think Craig, the guy behind the shadow plugin, is it actually, is Craig behind it? Oh, yeah. no, I think it's no John Engelman, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think John uh, replaced the kind of handcrafted version with the shadow plugin.
1: It's always kind of nice to, to throw in the new syntax with the little plugins and ID, and then also to throw in the application plugin. So you just specify a groovy script as your main class, and now you not only have a, complete jar file, you have an executable jar file that will run the script and everything when you when you run it. Using just the uh, shadow plugin adds a run task and then also a shadow uh, run jar task as well, which will build the jar first and then execute it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the whole runnable jar has become so popular now with the uh, boot run, spring boot and everything else. Uh, apart, I think mostly because of simplified deployment. And
1: it also, um, It also helps in places where they have nasty firewalls set up and therefore have a difficult time downloading dependencies. This way, if you build your jar ahead of time, your shadow jar, I should say, or your fat jar, you can simply deliver that self-contained jar to them and they don't have to go over the internet to grab any dependencies that may very well be blocked. I I keep running into too many companies like that. It's so frustrating.
0: Oh, I know all about uh, uh, like proxies, for example, oh dear, anyway, (laughs) let's move on, (laughs) Um, we're just actually finishing up, I I think you want to, do you still want your soapbox? Uh,
1: I do, um, before I do that, let me make, oh, sorry, did you have one? Yeah, I just have one more thing, I just wanted to
0: double check that you you want your soapbox, so uh, apparently Jen Strater. so she's uh, very active in Great Ladies, She apparently will be going to the Technical University of Denmark to do a computer sciences master's. Uh, So congratulations to her. Uh, I hope she has a really good time there. Um, Of course, uh, she'll hopefully be very active in Great Conf EU while while she's over there. Uh, She's going to be studying uh, other researches associated with Groovy itself studying the language.
1: Which is really cool. That's, I mean, it's directly related and uh, she's going to be actively involved in it. Uh, that's, a, that's really great. She also did something good recently on generation of documentation, I think, for Rat Pack. Uh, she was, yeah. Uh, yeah, did you catch a note of what that was?
0: Uh, I can't remember off
1: the top of my head, unfortunately. Um, but she's been being very active and I expect that will continue. Uh, by the way, the Great Ladies Group which originated in Minneapolis, you know, in, in Minnesota, now has a great allies group as well. Uh, for those people who feel a little bit uncomfortable wearing a great ladies T-shirt, uh, I expect they'll have a great allies T-shirt as well at some point. I'm looking forward to getting one. Hopefully, she'll have them by Great Conf in the U.S., or at least the group will have them by then. Uh, okay, that'd be cool. I, well, I expect to see that on the uh, the podcast immediately
0: after Great Conf in the U.S., <laughs>
1: I have my great ladies t shirt, but and I wear it, but I do feel a little funny sometimes. It's easier when my wife's with me, you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you have you have an item yourself plus your soapbox.
1: Okay. Yeah, this is I don't wanna overdo this and and I, I love many Apple products, especially their My MacBook, I'm never giving up my MacBook under any circumstances, although I'm one of those unusual MacBook slash Android people rather than, you know, Mac and everything else, you know, everything else Apple. But Apple appears to have a policy that is difficult on the open source community. Apparently, if you work on an open source project and you do well, it may help you get hired by Apple. But if you do get hired by Apple, then you basically vanish. From the open source community you can no longer participate or say anything or certainly contribute anymore we saw this to some degree with peter nita when he left the spock framework fortunately luke daly was able to pick up on that very ably and, and continue the effort on that but i mean that was a project where he was by far the largest contributor and he created it and now it's as though he never existed i mean he doesn't say anything he doesn't contribute anything he's gone And I meant to mention something then, but then what happened is one of my absolute favorite Gradle plugins, one of the ones I I really like, is called Gretty, uh, G-R-E-T-T-Y. The Gretty plugin allows you to deploy a WAR file onto Jetty or Tomcat or even a farm of them, a cluster and everything, and start and stop them and run integration tests and everything. It's really slick. And whenever i use a web application, I often use it for testing, if nothing else. And that plugin was maintained by, uh, I think it's Andrew uh, (coughs) Hilovsky. Pardon me. He He made a presentation on it at last year's Gradle Summit. Well, I mentioned the Gretty plugin on Twitter to a friend, and then they came back and said, well, it looks like a great plugin, but nothing's been happening on it for some time and when I looked into that I discovered that yes indeed he gotten hired by Apple and therefore had vanished you know it's he it's as though he's not in the open-source community anymore and I don't know I mean it must be policy I just don't know anybody at Apple that I could ask I've known a few people be hired by by them but I I just I find it really sad you know really difficult that their policy apparently is is that if you're going to work for apple the world outside of apple can't even know about your existence anymore especially the open source world is that consistent with what you've seen as well
0: um i mean i i don't know much about it. i only know of uh peter need visa, but uh as as i said just before the podcast i find it strange that they they seem to use a lot of open source and i think uh, i remember them sort of put, uh, publicizing that they contribute to open source in certain projects
1: well if anyone that that we that we have as a listener you know it's probably getting to be an old gag that we only have a half dozen but whatever I mean if anybody listens to this and decides to straighten me out on this or to agree or whatever uh, I suppose it's a cheap way to get listeners is to say something inflammatory uh, I didn't mean to do that I just mean that I really was disappointed because again that is my favorite just about my favorite of all the Gradle plugins, plus losing the creator of Spock to that sort of thing. It's just very disappointing, and I hope that's not the way they they act normally, but all the evidence seems to suggest that. So if somebody knows better or can explain that or anything like that, uh, we'd love to hear from you, either on Twitter or privately, however they want to uh, reply.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed somebody does. Uh, it'd be nice to know
1: you know formally, Um
0: rather than there just being this silence coming from, from Apple. Right. Okay, so um, let's wrap this up. Oh, I have a
1: couple go. miscellaneous ones real quick. Uh, okay. Apparently, there's going to be a presentation at Greach on the JSON views inside of Grails. We mentioned it in the last podcast, and it's come up as a, it's going to be a lightning talk, and, and that would be very helpful because of the trend toward RESTful Web Services and everything. The tweet I saw had it in the context of doing a graph plugin. Uh, using one of those JavaScript graphical libraries, and therefore, if you could serve up JSON data and you're in a JSON view, that ought to be a very natural thing, so I think that would be pretty cool to see. Uh, Another one, by the way, is it also came up on the Twitter list. We mentioned this in the last podcast, and I'll be continuing to mention it, that Spring 1 2GX has now split. The Spring 1 people have their own conference, and the 2GX part is now... Called the G3 Summit, and on the website g3summit. I think it's. org, uh, might be. com. At any rate, uh, that one is the G3 stands for Groovy, Grails, and Gradle, unless you are Andres Almire, at which point one of those probably switches to Griffin, but we'll have to ask. Uh, it turns out that is the first three days of December in Fort Lauderdale. We expect to talk a lot more about that, uh, starting probably. Oh, around July or whatever. But the call for papers is open in that. It is available on the website, and, and you're encouraged to, to participate. Uh, I know I'm going to be taking a larger role there. I talked to Jay Zimmerman about it. If there's one thing Jay Zimmerman knows how to do is to run a conference. So that's a good thing. Uh, speaking of Jay Zimmerman, again, we need to thank the No Fluff Just Stuff people for giving us a homepage, you know, the nofluffjuststuff.com slash Podcast. We'll have both the video and the audio versions of this podcast as soon as the feeds update. And I know we have other alternatives as well, but at least I I can check off that I mentioned that.
0: Cool. Uh, well, we're on the thanks. Of course, a regular thank you to uh, Jakob for his Grail's Diary as well. So also much yes. of our, our many of our news items. Uh, he does a nice lot of research. Uh, it's, it's never easy to trawl through tweets and other things to keep track of these, uh, these items. So last thing I wanted to mention, great day, the very first ever great day in Warsaw is this weekend, it's on the Saturday 19th of March, so uh, good luck with the conference there if you're going, I hope you have a good time, uh, let us know how it goes.
1: The one okay. time I've been to Warsaw, I actually did a Groovy class there, and they were outstanding developers. I was really impressed with the quality of the people there. I'll bet that's a great conference. Uh yeah, No comment intended, so. sorry. No. <laughs> no, that's ruined now. I can't use that phrase anymore. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. You should also, by the way, as long as we're thanking, mention the, the Groovy Calamari person as well. Uh, that's always a helpful newsletter, although I don't think there was one uh, between the last one and now, but the uh, last Groovy podcast and now, I mean, uh, so we'll I expect those to be out pretty soon as well, and who knows, maybe someday, and that day may never come, Guillaume LaForge will put out another Groovy weekly. <laughs>
0: uh, it was just a Groovy, it turned into the Groovy newsletter, so okay.
1: <laughs> he recognized
0: it would not be weekly anymore. Well,
1: we, We all knew. I mean, oh, my goodness. You know, you get busy. How the heck he's going to keep up something like that in his spare time? But I know someday he will wind up putting out another edition. And just letting you know, we all understand. Don't worry that it's late. We just look forward to hearing your perspective on things. Uh, That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, we'll sign off. Thank you very much. Oh, and the call for papers is out. right? Or, yeah, the registration is open. Registration is open for Great Conf U now. That was uh, tweeted this morning, I believe. Uh, so that, that conference is being scheduled. And that reminds me, one last thing. Uh, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but uh, Cedric, Cedric Champeau has updated the Great Conf Agenda app, which is a, an Android app that's written in Groovy. So if you are able to install that, and I I saw that tweet, so I installed it this morning, and I was able to browse through it. Everything looks great. But that is our, if nothing else, that's basically our biggest sample app for how to do Groovy inside of Android. So I encourage you to take a look at that, both because it's a useful app, especially if you're going to Great and also because I believe all the source code is available in case you want to learn how Groovy is done in Android.
0: Excellent. Oh, well, thank you, thank Cedric, you. for keeping that work going as well. So with that, are there any further interruptions?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so once again, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, all, all we, we, I think now we average around 500 listeners, so thank you to all, all of you for listening and hopefully catch you next time. So and I'm going to hear you.
1: from all of them this time, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye.